0: And welcome to Two Girls and One Corpse. I'm your host, Sarah Willard. And I'm Ashley. And we're here to take you on a spine-chilling journey. Two Girls and One Corpse is a deep dive into the disturbing and sometimes terrifying truth and myths of our world. Join us each week, Friday, for a new episode covering a true crime, lore origin, or ghost story. So, want to get freaked out?
1: So... In today's uh, recording or episode, um, we we will be reading two story submissions. Um, one of them was submitted by a listener, and one of them was actually submitted to us by one of our best friends. Um, both are equally freak, freaky, uh, so we hope that you guys enjoy them. But before we get into it, Sarah, do you want to maybe address the elephant in the room with us being gone for so unexpectedly long?
0: Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> been, I think it's been like a month now, which is was not the plan, even when we thought we were going to take a break, because um, we did announce that we were going to take a short break for like a week or two. Um, I... I don't know what happened. I apologize to everyone. Um, I think life just got in the way. We both moved. um, So that was a lot. But then we had audio issues and just, it was just a mess. Um, But we're back and we're hoping to get on a good schedule. We're pre recording episodes. So hopefully we'll have a stockpile of them and we can get them out, you know, consecutively.
1: Yeah, we did have, um, last time we tried to record the same exact episode, we did record the whole thing, and, um, like Sarah said, we encountered some audio issues, one of our files was just 40 minutes of silence, <laughs> so, am <laughs> uh, hoping that this time we will have sound on both ends, we did do a test recording, so, um, yeah, so, that's, that's what's been going on with us, the move, and then... recording issues and then last weekend um of course my dog got attacked and so there was no way that i was going to be recording during that um but yeah hopefully all good things from here um i did want to disclaim we do have a little bit of a guest today so my um, significant other was not able to dog sit our dog outside of my recording room (laughs) so doom is in here with us i apologize if at any point you hear him whining he is taking a nap right now but um he's kind of an attention whore so you know just (laughs) putting that out there (laughs) all right well sarah do you want to go ahead and get started with our first story submission
0: yes Okay, so this submission is by Barbara Roberts, who is our, one of our listeners, and it's called Demonic Voice in the Night. My first paranormal experience that I can remember took place when I was about five years old. My dad would often go out with his buddies for a few beers on Friday evenings after work. On some occasions, these get-togethers would run long into the night. This annoyed my mother because she knew that he would be nursing a hangover, or as my dad liked to call it, the brown bottle flu, on Saturday. So instead of getting things done around the house, he would lay on the couch watching TV all day long. Because of this, my dad knew not to even bother to try and get in bed with her when he came home drunk. One night, I heard him stumble in, and it woke me up. My sister, who was three at the time, and I shared a bed. Our bedroom was situated right off the living room. I got up and quietly tiptoed out of our room and into the living room. My dad was surprised to see me. He began laughing and said that my mom was going to really kill him if he found out that he had woken me up. I promised not to tell. So he scooped me up onto his lap and asked me about my day. I chatted away like a five-year-old would. And after some time, my dad told me that I needed to go back to bed. He kissed me goodnight and, left, and I left him sitting on the couch. I quietly slipped back into bed, being sure not to disturb my sister, and pulled the covers up around me. I laid there in the dark, thinking that I must not tell my mom about my little adventure. I didn't want her to be even angrier with my dad. Then suddenly, I hear my name being called out in the darkness. The voice was neither male nor female. It was low and guttural. I immediately recognized that it was evil. It called my name again. I couldn't determine where it was coming from. It didn't sound like it was behind me or in front of me, nor was it coming from above or below me. That scared me. It called my name again. Each time it called out to me, it would drag out my name, extending each syllable. Barbara. Barbara. I was too terrified to scream. I just laid there in the dark, hoping that it wouldn't wake my little sister. Then I remembered that my dad was in the next room. Why hadn't he heard it? When all of a sudden it occurred to me that he was probably the one doing it. As children, my older brother and I used to love it when our dad told us ghost stories. As an adult, I laugh when I think of them. They were more silly than scary. I decided that my dad was the culprit. He was trying to scare me for fun. This was much more than a silly ghost story. I was angry. How dare he scare me like this? Again, I hear, Barbara. I throw the covers off, no longer concerned with being quiet, and stomped into the living room. There was my dad, sound asleep on the couch. I hear my name again. My dad's lips were not moving. I hightailed it back to bed and pulled the covers up over my head, all the while listening to my name being called out again and again. I don't know how, but somehow I managed to fall asleep. I had to sleep with a nightlight on after that. Years passed, and I was now 27. I hadn't thought about that night in decades. I got into bed one evening and started thinking about it. Specifically, I was trying to remember the sound of the voice. And then, as if by thinking about it, I had conjured it up. I hear, Barbara, Barbara. You've got to be kidding me, I thought. Here I was, 22 years later, afraid, frightened like a five-year-old. So I did what my five-year-old self did. I pulled the covers up over my head and somehow managed to fall asleep.
1: Okay, first things first. If there's some fucking demonic thing inside your house, why would, like pulling the covers over your head and then imagine like next thing you know, you're pulling them down and there's something fucking staring at you because you covered your eyes and you didn't see it approaching. So that's the first bad fucking sign. Also, this time around, my um, the curtains in the room that I record fell down, and so there's a window right behind me, and I'm really freaked out because I keep picturing somebody fucking looking inside my house. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and I, I don't actually, have blinds. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. I don't have any blinds. So... Oh, no curtains and no blinds, and the windows open, so that's fine, but my dog's in here, so that's okay.
0: Oh, well, that's nice. I don't have my dog <laughs> <I am>
1: alone <laughs> and you live in the middle of fucking nowhere now.
0: I really do. It's pitch blackout. I don't even want, I'm not gonna look out the window. I'm just gonna stare at my computer. <sighs> yeah, no, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> I will say my reaction is very similar to hers like I feel like I would literally just hide like and pray that it would stop
1: (laughs) I feel like I'd hide but then I'd like freak myself out in the sense of like I'd be thinking well what if it's getting any closer or like I have a thing about feet like not like a foot fetish but (laughs) like (laughs) like since I was a kid I've always been really scared of you know like the monster under my bed coming and, like, tugging at my feet at night. And so, like, I sleep in a fetal position. I'm 20 fucking six years old, and I still sleep like that. Um, I don't know. I'd be freaking out, like, it's it's at the foot of my bed. It's coming for my feet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to have my feet tucked in a blanket. I had a very bad nightmare when I was a child. And ever since then, I I have to sleep like that.
1: I have Wait, to sleep with a blanket on in general. Is this the one mm-hmm. about you getting your feet like cut off or some shit? I remember this from high school.
0: Like with giant scissors, a woman was like it was the it was the creepiest dream. And I it was the only dream I've ever woken up screaming at.
1: <laughs> I still remember that. Like you came in the next day. And you're like, I had the creepiest dream.
0: Oh my god. It, it sticks with you. I'm not having my feet chopped off.
1: I don't even know where I got my foot thing. I remember, like, when I was younger, um, my mom told me, like, when her grandma died, her grandma had told her that she was gonna, she was pregnant, and not her grandma. Her grandma wasn't pregnant. My mom was pregnant. In case that wasn't, <laughs> in case that wasn't clear, uh, <laughs> but my mom's grandma told her that when she died, she was gonna come and pull her feet, and I think my mom might have told me that story at one point. Um, but, like, ever since I was young, I sleep in a ball, and I sleep with, like, the covers completely on me. Sometimes I cover my head. Um, yeah, I can't do it. I can't, like, I can't think too hard about what lingers in the dark, because then I, like, have nightmares about that shit.
0: Yeah, I'm a scaredy cat.
1: Yeah, I'm a giant pussy. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. I love scary shit, but I'm a giant (laughs) pussy. Like, if I ever saw anything, I would just... I'd lose my shit. I'd lose my shit, and then I'd be like, nope, didn't see that. Didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... No, that was definitely creepy. Thank you to Barbara for that submission. I know that she sent in a couple other stories, right? So... Yes. Hopefully we get the chance to read a couple of her other stories um, in a different episode later on.
0: Yes, that'd be fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. So
1: our next story for today is actually a story that was submitted to us by a friend, um, one of our best friends. It's not a story that was written by our friend, though. It's something that she found online on uh, Creepypasta Wiki, um, we, before I start reading the story, I did want to disclaim, we don't know the writer of the story, but we in no way, shape or form are trying to take credit for the story. Um, if somebody does know who wrote this story, please let us know on our social media, um, either on Instagram through DM at 2girls1corp or on Twitter through DM at 2girls1corp, no E. Um, this story is called Anansi's Goatman story. I will say this is the third time I've read this story and every time I am still extremely creeped out. So I hope that everybody else who listens to this story is equally creeped out. Okay, so Anansi's Goatman story. Here's my story. Be 16, be black, and have family down in Alabama. They farm and own a huge amount of land down in Huntsville. Uncle owns a big house and a bunch of trailers they put out in the woods for hunting or camping. Down south, cousins suggest that we go out there to camp. No, I'm a city kid from Chicago, so they tease the fuck out of me. Collect food, kill a pig, and some chickens, and bring necessities to camp out for a few days. We get to the camp and it's obvious something is weird. The air has this weird electric smell like right before a storm, like ozone. And we think nothing of it and unpack and go down to a little creek to swim for a few hours. All of a sudden, some older white guy and a white teenager come out of the bushes. He has a huge shotgun in the crook of his arm and says hello and asks what we're doing this far back in the woods. Tell him about my uncle, who he knows, and say we're camping out. He tells us that we need to be real careful out here and stick together. There was a big animal in the woods. His son, who is my age, asks if he can stay and hang out with us. He says okay. I'm going to stop greeting texting because the story is fairly long and the format is harder to write in. So we end up playing football dicking around with me. There's the white kid Tanner, five of my cousins, and then four of their friends. In total, there were five girls and six boys. We were all around 15 or 17. We ended up just dicking the day away, so we head back to camp pulling out some stuff for a campfire, even though the trailers both had kitchenettes. Tanner says that his family's property sits up against my uncle's. He wants to run home and ask his dad if he can come out camping with us. My cousin Rooster says he's going to go with him since it's going to get dark soon. One of the girls also wants to tag along. It's about seven o'clock and it's starting to get pretty dark so they take flashlights and take the trail toward Tan's property. The rest of us chill. We make s'mores and drink and kiss on the girls and then about 30 or 40 minutes later there's the smell of ozone again. You could smell it all over the fire we had started. This like really nasty coppery smell, like right before you've had a nosebleed and it stopped. It wasn't exactly like dried blood, but it was that nasty metallic back of your throat smell. So we immediately think that it's some kind of electrical malfunction or some someone left a hot plate on or some shit. We search the trailers and nothing's on and we can all smell it. All of a sudden, we can hear people booking down the path towards us, and Rooster, Tan, and the girl all come running into the clearing out of breath. And they don't even break a stride. They all run into the trailer right by where the fire is. We all get the fuck out of there and into the trailers. They end up calming down, even Rooster is crying his fucking eyes out at this point. All the while, the fire is guttering lower and lower. So my other cousins say fuck it and are about to go outside to get the generator out of a shed between the trailers. Tanner goes fuck no. Lock the door. Ain't nobody else going outside. He's been crying too and his eyes are bloodshot and puffy and his pants are dirty as shit. He goes on to tell us that they went up to this to his house. His father said sure he could go out camping but to make sure that they were careful on the way back and that maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles just in case. Evidently Tanner had seen something in the yard a few days before. One of their pigs had come up ripped up and half eaten. They assumed it was just some big cats or coyotes, even though they don't usually fuck with live animals. He had gone upstairs and packed his stuff and told his dad they would be okay without the rifle because coyotes avoid people. So they start walking back toward where we were camping. So Rooster finally stops crying and shaking. The girl already had but she was just staring out the window with a dumb look on her face. He says they would gotten halfway into the woods toward the camp when they started to hear shit in the forest. It was almost pitch black by this time. So they weren't sure at first what the fuck it was. The girl says she heard something in the bushes right off the trail and they all beamed their flashlights over there and there was someone standing back in the woods in a little hollow. Rooster said they shouted at him and told him that he was scaring the fuck out of them and what a dick he was. He said, said he said that's when he realized the guy was facing away from them. So they keep walking and they start smelling that nasty copriozone smell. They say that they look off into the forest on the opposite side and it's a dude standing in the forest backward, slightly closer to the path. So now they start power walking and Tan keeps going, I should have taken the fucking rifle. As they're telling the story, the smell is still super strong, even inside the cabin. They say that after they started walking faster, a kind of low, gibbering had started coming from both sides of the wood. And as they started booking it back to the trailer, the girl said she had flashed her flashlight out into the woods to the side of them and had seen something jerking itself through the woods. The gibbering just got louder and louder. When they could see the light from our campfire, something had come out of the woods about... 40 yards behind them onto the track, and they just flat out ran as hard as they could to the trailer. So we're out in the fucking woods, and we're assuming at this point it's some rednecks or some shit trying to fuck with us. And all of a sudden, my other cousin Junior starts going on about how he went to school with a native kid that was telling him about the goat man or some shit. We promptly tell him to shut the fuck up because we don't need any spooky talk right now. But he just keeps going on and on about how it's a fucking goat man, how we're in his woods, blah, blah, blah. Now, at the time, I had never heard of this goat man or anything, or any of that. But then a couple years ago, the year before I graduated college, um, I had a menom for a roommate, and I ended up asking him about it. And to sum it up, it's basically a fucking man with the head of a goat, and he can shape shift, and he gets among groups of people to terrorize him. It's also supposed to be kind of like the Wendigo, and it's bad mojo to even talk about it, and even worse if you see it. Keep in mind, I didn't know this back when I was 16. So my cousin's going, the co-man's going to get in and fucking get us, and the girls are all terrified, and my cousins and I are all fucking trying to figure out if it's just some hillbillies or if it's some animal. So all of a sudden, the smell just goes away. Like, to this day, I haven't even experienced anything like it. Like, usually smells fade away or lessen. It just literally was there one second and then not the next second. So, it's after an hour, making it around 9 or 10. We've stopped shitting bricks enough to go back outside and stoke the fire again. We figure it was just some assholes trying to fuck with us so we don't go back home. Because we think if we do, they'll chase us through the woods or some crazy shit. Nothing else weird happens at night. And we stay another night, and for the main part of the night, nothing happens. At about one in the morning, we're outside getting drunk and selling ghost stories as someone is finishing some too spooky story. I don't remember what about, but the smell comes back. It's so fucking strong that one of the girls literally starts vomiting. I stand up and you can actually feel how clammy the air is. I say we should get inside and this isn't right. We should have just fucking left. We all go back inside and we're standing around. My cousin just keeps going on and on about how it's the goat man. And my cousin Rooster tries to shut him the fuck up. And all the while, I'm just feeling that something's wrong and I can't figure out what it is. We end up sitting in there for a while. The smell is just as strong. And we're terrified and all huddled in this camper. We end up cooking brats for everybody because nobody wants to go outside. It's one of those packs with four brats. We have a total of three packs. I grill them up in the stove and give everybody a hot dog I get mine. After a while, one of my cousins gets up and he goes over to the pot to get another one. He starts grumbling about how I get two brats and everybody else only got one. And I look at him like he's fucking stupid. I tell him that everybody only got one because there were only 12 brats. If he wants more, he should open up a new pack and cook some more. That's when the girl that had been out with Rooster and Tan starts screaming, Oh Jesus, oh Lord, get it out. She's crying and shivering, and then it dawns on the cousin standing up what the fuck is wrong. Me and him both glance around the room, and then I feel my heart fucking sink. I run the fuck out of that cabin, and the girl runs out with us. The trailer door is banging against the side of the trailer as everybody books out of the cabin. One of my cousin's friends asks us what the fuck is wrong, and I start counting us. There's only 11 now. I should you not, my cousin verified. There had been 12 people in the cabin. But being that everybody didn't really know each other well, nobody had really noticed the whole fucking time that there was an extra person. And then I realized earlier that I had kind of noticed something was off. You know how when you're just dicking around having a good time, that you don't sweat the smallest shit, and you don't always keep track of certain stuff? I'm dead sure that someone else had been in the trailer with us, and that they had been there for at least a fucking day, eating with us. What makes it worse is, I can figure out which one, because I I don't think anyone ever actually interacted with the other person, the goat man. The girl kept praying to Jesus, and we're all sitting outside. Eventually, we get big ass sticks and go back inside the cabin. But there's nobody in there. We count again, there's only 11 people. We go back into the trailer and lock the door. We explain what the fuck happened, and the girl says that she realized that too. And that when he was about to say something, the person sitting next to her had grabbed her leg hard and leaned um, over toward her and said something she couldn't understand. So we're pretty much scared as fuck as we huddle together and I fall asleep. When I wake up, the sun is just coming up and half of people are asleep and the other half are packing up for shit. We all want to walk back home. But like four people want to stay until the sun is all the way up. And some people think that we're just fucking around and still want to stay at the trailers. I just want to get the fuck out of the woods. The girl name was Kiara, the one that the goat man had touched. Anyway, I asked her if she really thinks it was something bad and she says she just wants to go home and she doesn't want to be out in the woods alone for another night. So we decide to split up. The four that want to go can go, but I have to stay because I have the keys to the cabin and it's my uncle's and I have to lock it up. I'm super pissed at this point because I feel like people aren't taking this shit seriously. And I definitely didn't want to be out of the woods for another night. I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people, now four girls and four guys, to get the fuck out of Dodge. Tanner leaves with them to get a rifle and says he's going to be coming back. So there's just seven of us left by 4pm. At around 5pm he hasn't made it back yet and we're getting extremely fucking antsy. And the only reason I stopped begging them to go back was because he went to go get a gun. It's about... 5.30pm or so, when the one cousin that did stay says that the girl Kira is uptight. We all look outside, and sure enough, she's standing by the fire pit with her back to the cabin. I'm thinking to myself, if she was so fucking scared, why the hell would she come back? And then I get this nasty feeling in my gut. Keep in mind, the whole time the coppery smile has been gone, now I realize I can smell just a twinge of it. I say this to the rest of them and everybody, and these are the people that wanted to stay in the fucking woods after we had the the goddamn goat man in our midst, is laughing at me asking if I set this up to scare him. I'm looking at them like, I'm not fucking bullshitting you at all right now. I asked them why the fuck I would play like that. So, one of the girls goes outside to get Kira. She gets about halfway to her and stops cold. Kira starts heaving. I don't know how the fuck to describe it. Sort of like... Someone with their back turned was laughing without actually making any sound. It was this fact that made me realize that there was not a fucking sound in the whole woods. It was dead silent. This was like late in September so it was still fairly hot at the time but it was super chilly some days too. And you could usually hear big ass geese honking or some kind of birds and squirrels chit-chatting. So I step outside the door and tell her to come back in the fucking trailer right goddamn now. She backs up into the trailer and we lock the fucking door. We pull down all the shades except one and put a guy there in the chair to watch her. She stands there for another 20 minutes or so. The guy turns to say that she's still there and there's this huge fucking bang on the door. We all jump the fuck up and scramble around the living room of the trailer. The banging is super loud. So now my cousin's holding one of the girls and the other two are kind of giggling with nervous laughter and me and the other two guys are shitting bricks. Then we hear Tan. He's screaming. Let me the fuck in. Stop fucking playing. So we go over to the door and open it and he stumbles in with a rifle. There's nobody else outside. Evidently he had walked up to the campsite. Nothing weird happened in the forest but he had seen a girl. Mind you he said it wasn't Kira standing there. When he had gotten to the edge of the clearing she had turned toward him with this slack jawed look and just stared him down. Slowly tracking him as he walked around the outside of the clearing toward the camp. He said it wasn't until he was almost halfway to the trailer he realized that she was getting closer to him. She had started off by the fire, and without him even seeing her move, she had been turning, inching closer. He said he just ran the rest of the way back to the cabin, thinking it would open. And when he got to the door and it was locked, he turned, and, and it was about half the distance to the door. He looks around the room and then gets super pale. He pulls me to the side and whispers in my ear, You know there Only seven of us in here, right? I get that feeling where your stomach drops to your nuts. It'd been back inside the trailer while we were sorting out who was going where. And then when we all went outside to talk earlier in the day, it had just slipped right back in. We looked out the window and there's nobody out there. So we recount everybody. And then basically I go over and ask everyone how many people were here earlier? Everybody says eight. I say, well, how many are here now? They all do the count and then realize that there are only seven people in the cabin. So Tan had brought back a couple boxes of ammo and his rifle, and he had told his dad that there was some kind of animal in the forest because he didn't think his dad would believe him if he said it was Goatman. He said that his cousin is supposed to be coming down in a few hours and that in the morning we can all go back to his place and his cousin will drive us home. Now I'm really fucking terrified, but... I at least feel better because we can be American and shoot the fuck out of whatever it is if it comes back. But then my cousin gets into this huge argument with one of the girls because she thinks that I'm trying to be funny and prank him and that she's getting really scared and I'm not funny. He keeps telling her I'm not that kind of person. And she says, well, how do we know that girl wasn't just Tanner in a wig? Or if it's really the goat man, how do we know that this is the real Tanner and that goat man just didn't kill Tanner in the woods and take his gun? So we fucking get into this huge argument about this where me and Tan are like, we could seriously be in danger because at the very least, someone has been sneaking themselves into our fucking trailer without us knowing and mingling with us. And at worst, something bad is in the forest fucking with us. One of the girls is crying saying she wants to go right now and we're trying to tell her we wouldn't, we shouldn't because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. And at this point, the sun is starting to go down and it's getting a little cloudy out. We eat something and turn the radio on for a while, but we can't really get a station out there with anything decent. So we turn it off at about the time that Tan's cousin shows up. He was like 19, I think. At this point, the sun is just barely over the horizon. He has one of those heavy-duty lantern flashlights and another rifle. He walks up to the trailer, and we whisper to Tan, asking if sure that that's his cousin, and he says yes. The guy looks behind him and all around the camp, then walks in. He kind of glances at all of us and looks a little confused. He says, where's your other little buddy at? I figured she would meet me up at the cabin. Is she a little slow or something? He also asked whether we had been cooking blood in the cabin because it smelled like blood and hot pans all the way up the trail. We were like, fucking nope. But we asked him what the fuck he's talking about with the girl he saw. He had come down the same trail Tan had been using and he had come up on one of you guys' buddies standing in the middle of the trail looking at him slack-jawed. He had asked her a bunch of questions, but all she did was just look at him. Then, she smiled at him, and he said he kept walking. She couldn't seem to keep up with him and kept lagging a little behind. He said he asked her if she was hurt or something, and if she needed any help, but she had continued to stare. Eventually, he had been walking and turned around, in the trail. But when he turned around and went back to see if she was okay, the trail was empty. He'd assumed that she had taken a shortcut through the woods to our trailer. We tell him the whole story, what's been going on. I have expected him to say we were full of shit, but he just listened and then sat down on the couches in the living room. Tanner's cousin gets back to the girl. He says when she had kept trying to lag behind him, it kind of weirded him the fuck out, so he tried to keep her in front of him. But no matter how slow he walked, she was always lagging a little behind. And that he smelled this nasty smell and it got stronger as he got to the camp eventually he got really strong she had said something really low that he didn't catch and when he had turned around she had been right the fuck up on him and he stepped back from her it was at this point he asked her if she was okay and if she wasn't him to carry her back the rest of the way and she just kept staring he said he reached out for her as in to grab her on the shoulder but he mu- must have misjudged the distance because she was off to the side of where he had put his hand like she had moved while he was looking dead at her So at this point, we know the shit's real, unless Tan is playing a joke, which we can tell that he's not because he's almost pissing his pants. So they load up the rifles, we eat some more, and we just kind of sit around until 11. So this fucking day, every time I think about this, I really pray to God that it's some huge prank that my cousins played on me and just never revealed how I would shit the rest of my life. At around 11, the stink of copper turns into an actual nasty, gross, blood-like smell like cooking blood and singed hair tan and his cussing Reese, get the fuck up instantly and grab the rifles there's like half knocking half clawing at the door and i shit you not there's this voice and it sounds like when you see those youtube cats and dogs whose owners teach him how to talk it says in this halting weirdly toned voice let me the fuck in. stop fucking playing it made my fucking nuts creep up against my body and one of the girls just starts crying and calling on jesus it was so fucking obviously not a person talking i didn't have the right cadence and some shit i had never realized until that moment but all people have a certain cadence when they talk no matter what language all people have a certain kind of rhythm to talking this shit didn't have any kind of cadence or rhythm rhythm one of those youtube cats That's what the fuck it sounded like outside the door. So now I'm in full terror mode. We keep yelling outside, who is it? Stop fucking around, man. And it just keeps saying in or let me the fuck in for almost 15 minutes. Um, It sounded like this almost, just not funny. And uh, just a side disclaimer, there is a YouTube video linked to the story. I'm just not gonna play it for copyright reasons. So back to the story. Um, sorry for being on a tangent, but if you can't imagine how this shit sounded, then you can't imagine how fucked up the whole situation was. So then the smell goes away for a while, and for the next hour or so, you can hear someone basically creeping around in the woods and shit. Every couple of minutes, it'll come back into the door and say something. Finally, when the smell fades away, it's around two in the morning right now. Reese says, man, fuck this, and opens the door and walks outside with his rifle. He fires a shot into the air and says something to the effect of in the name of Jesus Christ go away. He fires two more times. And then from the woods right up against the river across the trailer, it sounds like something is slowly gibbering and hooting. Then it starts screaming and it, screaming and it sounds almost like a woman and a cat in a bag screaming together. Like I seriously have never heard any shit like that. And you can hear the brush over the way over that way start to shake. Um, Reese fires over into the tree line and then starts backing into the house. We lock the door and we can hear the shit keening and screaming. Reese says something had come out of the bushes, super low to the ground and crawling toward the cabin. He had shot at it. Pretty much that was how the rest of the night went. It was literally screaming constantly for the next two hours and we can hear shit moving out in the tree line. But it never came back up to the cabin until everyone had finally fallen asleep. Ted had been sitting in the chair watching the door with his rifle. Nobody else heard or saw this. He told me two days later after the whole thing was over. He said he had been nodding off after the screaming and noises finally stopped, and he had been almost asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and lay down in the middle of the floor and go to sleep. He just assumed it was one of us, and he had nodded off. Then he said he kind of realized something was wrong, and while pretending to be sleeping, he counted us. There were nine people in the cabin. He basically didn't want to try and shoot at the fucking thing in the cabin and have it kill us all and that all then and there or have Reese wake up and start shooting and then we kill ourselves. So he had just stayed awake all night pretending to be asleep. He said sometimes it would stand up and kind of do this weird jittery thing and heave like it was laughing, but then it would lay back down. The story closed us pretty weak because from my perspective, nothing happened. We woke up and I noticed that Tan was a little jittery and that he was avoiding looking at all of us, but we ate some breakfast, packed up, and started, started walking to, the ho- to his house. He stayed last in the cabin and said he'd lock up and bring me my uncle's keys to just start walking and he'd catch up, which I don't really want to fucking do. We got a little bit up the path and when he came up, running up, basically we just jogged back to his house and his cousin took us home. There was a window in the bathroom. Tan had gone back to lock up and looked in there. We were too stupid to lock a screenless window. The window was fucking up when he went in there. I'm guessing he had been doing that all night, doing that all along, waiting for us to fall asleep or slip up and then getting in among us. It walked with us all the goddamn way back to his house. And then he said it lagged to the back of the group and looked him dead in the eyes
0: before walking into the woods.
1: And that is the end of the story.
0: Oh my god, that story gets me every single time. Bro,
1: every single time. Like, oh, I, um, it's terrifying. Yeah, I kept hearing noises in the background. I think I was just like Jack got up to go use the bathroom um a couple minutes ago but i just like i i like it sends tingles down my back not in a good way you can imagine going camping and there's just there's just this thing sneaking into like i I don't know i don't think i could go camping the same way anymore (laughs)
0: Honestly, it's like, you gotta literally be paying attention and counting everyone and be like, okay, how many people did we start with? Because it's it's gotta be the same.
1: Or, like, you just can never go camping with strangers.
0: Like, no, fuck that. Yeah, no, it's gotta be an intimate group of people that I know very well, like, that I will never, like, forget who's there. Oh, no, no, no.
1: Like, I remember the first time we recorded this episode, I was actually going to go camping that weekend. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, I remembered that I had, I think I had an assignment due and ended up not being able to go because otherwise I would have been losing my shit because we were supposed to go camping in a group of, like, some people we went to high school with and then a couple people I didn't know. And I forever grateful I didn't go because I would have been losing my shit. (laughs) I would have been losing my shit. (laughs)
0: That's the setting, (laughs) the
1: perfect setting for the Goatman. I guess the good thing is that he is in Alabama. So I'm assuming he doesn't just like travel up to Michigan just for fun and hang outside of people's windows.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about him, but I would say probably not. It seems like it's that specific forest, I think.
1: Yeah, I remember. I rem- do. You remember the Buzzfeed Unsolved episode on the Goatman? No, there's a there's a Buzzfeed Unsolved episode on the Goatman. Man, where they Was go really. Yeah, they go to to the specific forest that he supposedly haunts, and they go to his bridge because he owns a bridge, and um, they do a spirit box session, and apparently the Goat Man's name is Steve. Um, (laughs) according to the spirit box. Um, but it's creepy though, because they go into the woods and like, you know, nothing like they call on this goat man and nothing happens. But when they go into the woods, um, they do hear some creepy shit in the woods. Like they hear screaming in the woods. And I think at one point they hear somebody go fuck. Um, and like not on the spirit box. Like this is just like, they hear... Somebody in the woods, and Shane, of course, being Shane, makes this joke about I think like cultists being
0: out in in the woods.
1: (laughs) But you should watch it if you have time to watch it tonight, definitely watch it because it'll like it'll add some humor to the whole goat man situation.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll have to look into that. I don't think I've seen that episode.
1: Yeah, it's at least. I mean, it's at least funny because I feel like after we're done recording tonight, I have to watch something kind of funny to be able to go to bed or, like, work on my business social media or something because I'm going to be freaked out. I think, ironically enough, the thing that gets me is just picturing, like, like, being asleep and then picturing a random something just, like, doing this weird, like, jittery, like, like half I don't know, I'm just picturing like the Pennywise dance, but <laughs>
0: with oh a God. weird
1: with a weird goat creature. <laughs> fucking no Pennywise dancing over me.
0: And <sighs> thank I thank you for that image.
1: It's what I swear, it's what I picture every time I read this. And oh. every time I have to watch something after I read this fucking story because I can't sleep. Because I just picture this fucking goat creature. Pennywise dancing over me.
0: Oh my god. Now I'm gonna think of that. Oh my god. That's like my least favorite. I hate Pennywise. I hate. And the new one, oh it's just terrifying. I don't. know. Nope. Oh. I mean
1: I guess the one saving grace is, is that it doesn't seem like it's like trying to hurt anybody. I think it's just trying to like freak you out. Because like the whole time it kept sneaking in and just doing creepy shit and then like moving on.
0: That's true. It didn't take anyone. It didn't hurt anyone. It just was creepy. I
1: mean, except for that girl, Kira, which we never did find out what the fuck happened to her.
0: Oh my god, that's true. That's true.
1: <laughs> like, she just she just got taken by Steve Goatman. But, um, I mean, for the most part, it didn't seem like it was interested in doing anything else. I do have to check all my doors and all my windows now.
0: Oh my god, right? Like, make sure everything's locked up. (laughs) I do that anyway, just because I have,
1: like, I have this really obsessive fear that, like, someone's gonna try and come into my house. And, so, I have cameras now, all over. I have cameras um, on my deck. I have cameras facing, like, looking at the front door. And then I have a camera in the dining area, because that's where Doom stays. And even even with the cameras i get freaked out about somebody just like being in my house and so i i i end up freaking myself out and i can't like i have a hard time looking at the cameras at night because i feel like i'm gonna see something on them oh god (laughs) that'll be fun tonight
0: It's, like, it's good that you have the cameras, but that's an interesting thought to just see something you don't want to see on the cameras.
1: Yeah, like, I'm But also
0: really good evidence.
1: But, like, at the same time, I'm, like, what am I, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, if I do see something that I don't want to see, like, do I just sit there and shit myself the entire time?
0: Uh that's a good question I don't know what yeah what do you do do you just like you have to live in it still so you just ignore it and be like yeah I I didn't actually see that it it didn't happen
1: I'd have to sage my whole entire house yeah but this is also coming from the person that like one time while I was living at my parents house I thought that my room was haunted for some reason. And so sometimes when I was particularly freaked out, I would sit in bed right before falling asleep. And I'd go, hey ghosts, leave me the fuck alone. I'm not in the mood for it today. And then like I'd feel better about it. So
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'd probably do the same thing. Like speak through the camera and be like, hey, today is not the day. Leave me alone. Try again tomorrow. I promise you, tomorrow won't be the day either. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have cameras at home?
0: Uh, not in this house. No, we had cameras. We still do, but we haven't put them up yet. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen. There's a lot of stuff that this house needs to be worked on. Um, but yeah, I want to eventually. Because, like, I'm very anal about, like... Making sure all the doors are locked and everything. And I don't know the area very well. Like, I, I live in the middle of nowhere. So, like, I feel like it's probably less likely anyone's going to break in. But still, I want the protection. I don't know. But, but like, yeah. just the
1: fact that you live in the middle of fucking nowhere creeps me out even more. Because, like, I don't know. I'd be thinking even harder about what the fuck I'd see on the cameras.
0: Well, that- now don't.
1: Don't tell me that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to pretend like it's fine. It's just all fine. Oh, God.
1: I just think you, but I don't think I could spend the night at your house.
0: Oh. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I haven't had... Okay, again, though, because I never have any issues, but I haven't seen anything, and I haven't had any weird, like, interactions
1: See, I, I don't know. I, like, am not open to it. So, like, because I don't want to see anything. But I feel like if I ever did see something, it would be at your house in the middle of fucking nowhere. It would be. It absolutely <laughs> would be. And then I could never go back there again.
0: Well, I'd like you to come over. So, I guess, I guess, you know.
1: I'll come over during the daytime.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I still God. haven't
1: seen the inside of your house, so I definitely will come over. Both the times oh I've God. been to your house, I've it's been nighttime, and I've only ever seen the outside of it.
0: That's hilarious. I forgot. I didn't, like, yeah. You'll have to. It'll look a lot better now, because when you probably would have been like, Sarah, what, what the hell did you just buy if you had seen it, like, a couple weeks ago? So,
1: <laughs> your did your flooring get, like, this has nothing to do with this podcast. We're just having a conversation at this point. But did your flooring get installed?
0: Uh, it did, yeah. We, we still have one more section to go because we changed our minds last minute on, like, whether we wanted carpet or hardwood. Um, but carpet's in, hardwood is in where we want it. So, it's looking a lot better. That's awesome.
1: I... Like, I mean, mostly everything is unpacked at my house, except for, like, some of the stuff in our guest room. Um, We finally got a new bed, so there's a bed in the guest room and some stuff that's not been unpacked, but um, we have to get, like, a shelf or something for that stuff, so it'll probably Mm -hmm. sit there for a while longer.
0: Well, that's good, though. You've got a place for someone to stay.
1: Yeah. I mean, we don't really have guests over a whole lot. The only one who ever spends the night here is Candace. Aww. And she hasn't, has she spent the night here before? I don't think she spent the night at this one. Oh, okay. I can't even remember, has she? No, she has, she has. She did spend the night one time. Like, right after we moved in.
0: Okay. I still need to come see your place. I haven't seen it. I
1: know. You should come over. We're going to find
0: time. (laughs) That's the the thing.
1: It's because we're always so fucking busy. (laughs) That's why we haven't recorded for shit, too. Because
0: it's like, you're
1: always fucking busy as shit. But, you know, we're back. It is what it is. Um.
0: The viewers can't see that, but still. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, we should probably close this episode out, because now we're just rambling.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I think this is a good place to stop. So, um, yeah, I guess. And I hope you enjoyed the stories. They were really good, and hopefully we can continue doing this. Um, please submit your fan stories um, to our email, twogirlsonecorpse at gmail.com. Um, we have a website where you can find that link as well. Um, we're on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is two girls one corp, and then Twitter is two girls one corp, c o r p, uh, like one yeah.
1: corporation. Except we're not a corporation. <laughs> um, um, yeah. We hope that you got freaked out and stay tuned next time.